Hola, mis amores. Welcome back to another episode of The, the Spiritual Gaze. I am one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Because more than twice-monthly... We would all explode with too much knowledge and wisdom and insanity. <laughs> I think we're just talking about us. Yeah, I think our I think our marriage would explode. That's probably true. Because, you know, we put a lot on this marriage and Yes, go on. <laughs> you have something to say? No, not at all. I mean, we have such an amazing relationship, but you know, to work with your lover is no small feat. Uh, no. So I think twice monthly is pretty much all this relationship can manage. She has a size 16 heel. Oh. That's big feet. That's very big feet. <laughs> That's huge. Yeah. But here we are doing it twice monthly for all of you. Yes, exactly. And, you know in the in-between, you can go back and listen to some episodes maybe you've never listened to before. That's true. Because we have almost a hundred episodes. Yeah. We're going to break a hundred this year. We are. We're going to actually have our hundredth episode right around our anniversary this summer. Oh, really? Yeah. We're going to have to do some sort of extravaganza. I mean, a live show would be a dream, right? Yeah. We'll do, oh, you mean like actual in-person live? Yes. Like rent out a little theater somewhere in Los Angeles and, oh you know, gosh. like all be there together. That would be fun. I know. So Gemini season. All right. Well, let's, we're planting the seed. Planting it now. Let us know if you'd come. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> if we did such a thing. Um, all right. Well, let's check in. Yeah. Well, we should probably introduce ourselves first. Oh, shit. Because somebody may be listening for the very first time, like, who are these loud homosexuals? So who are you? I'm Angel Lopez. Yes, you are. I am. <laughs> can be no one else i am a writer a producer a astrologer mm -hmm. a teacher queeler healer dog dad your husband and just just a daddy gorgeous yeah really stepping into your daddy energy i really am just my universal daddy energy love claiming that. it claim it and you uh, I am Brandon Alter. I am a queer spiritual healer. I am a tarot reader and an astrologer. Uh, I teach these modalities, and I'm also a writer, a songwriter, a performer, a dog daddy, and I'm really like stepping into my universal non-binary energy mm -hmm. these days. Neither goddess nor god, but the intersection of it all and more. Yes, intersection. Yes. I mean, you've always lived in that intersection. That's true. Since I've known you. It's a very busy intersection, honestly. <laughs> it's like that intersection in Beverly Hills where there's like five streets. Where's that? It's like Beverly Glen and yeah. Sunset. And it's just, it's a mess. And it's just a stop signs, you know? Mm -hmm. And you just have to trust, you know, that people are going to be on the honor system and let themselves go at the right time. Which is hard to do anywhere in Los Angeles. That's the intersection I live at, honey. <laughs> it's the honor system intersection. <laughs> of ye little trust <laughs> uh, let's uh let's check in uh let's check in uh yeah how are you i'm good i mean we had quite a spiritual gay sunday yesterday didn't we i guess we did yeah we like separated and went off and had our own healings and then came back together yeah it was such a nice like full day off you went and got a reiki healing i did just full energy work and i went and got this amazing massage um from this really beautiful practitioner named Wilson, who does not just massage, but also some energy work and kind of like craniosacral. And 
I just felt like halfway through my brain just like switched off, which is really something I've been trying to get it to do for years now. Um, (laughs) But especially like since Aquarius season, my brain and my anxiety have just been ratcheted up and all of my spiritual tricks like restorative yoga and breath work, like they just don't quite get me into that deep space. And I have been meditating every day without fail since the start of the year. And I have to tell you, I mean, I know it's helping because I can only imagine what my anxiety would be like if I weren't doing it, but it also doesn't feel like it's helping. So during this massage at some point, and it wasn't even the massage part, it was really like some of the more subtle work that he was doing. And I just felt myself like slip into this very Pisces sort of inner sanctuary, soft, juicy space. And I tried to hold on to it for as long as I could once, once the session was over because... It was just such a relief, you know? I think like all of our nervous systems are on high alert, especially with what's going on in the world and still coming out of COVID. And I even think like, you know, we went to a baby shower on Saturday and it was like so amazing to like be in a room with people and it was like a party, but also you're like, is this okay? And you're second guessing it and you're kind of still on high alert. So to have this experience where I was just like dropped in, I felt like my voice dropped like two octaves. Like I called in (laughs) to order Angela a tuna a tuna salad sandwich to pick up on on the way home for my massage and i was like hello can i place an order and i was like so mellow and i could tell that the person on the on the other end of the phone was like what is wrong with this yeah, person seriously. i was like can i get that on whole wheat please <laughs> In any event, so that's how I'm doing. I'm trying to hold on to it. I woke up today and I'm and I'm feeling a little low energy and you know, fighting some is it seasonal depression if it's spring? Well, it's not <laughs> technically spring yet. Okay. I mean, we're still in winter. Okay, so it's still seasonal depression, but I'm doing I'm doing okay. Okay, the last thing I'll say, because I know that we don't have a lot of time because we have such a great spirit talk we have to get to. But I had a reading with Ann Orderly for my birthday. And she told me um, that when we moved here to Sunland, Tahunga, my chart changed. And sometimes when you move, your chart will change, not the planets and the signs, but the houses. And so I changed from a one degree Aries rising to a 29 degree Pisces rising, which just explains why I'm such a like, kind of psychic, drifty, flaky mess out here. And I can't quite drum up the same level of discipline that I used to have. But in Pisces season, as an honorary Pisces rising, I'm realizing that I need that discipline or else I'm just going to totally disappear into my feels and never come back. And so I am kind of leaning on my ancestors and leaning on some of my more like fundamental physical practices. I've been doing yoga again pretty regularly just to help me come back because I've been feeling very diffuse. And sometimes that's great. And sometimes that's like a surefire like sign that like I'm about to like fall into like an even deeper depression. So I'm just kind of aware of that and kind of monitoring. Okay. That's my check-in. What about you? Well, good. Good that you're, you know, kind of like accepting that and moving into it. And maybe my little Pisces Mars won't get so much shade from you anymore. Now that you know what it's like to be in the Mars stew. Oh, in the in the Pisces too. I mean, mean, yeah, to be in the Pisces stew. I mean, I'm probably still going to, my Mars and Aries (laughs) is always going to shade your Mars and Pisces. (sighs) can't win over here sorry it's all right i understand it you know that pisces mars definitely um you know just kind of walks to the uh, beat of its own it's uh, your pisces mars that's playing in its head and your taurus rising and it's just like i can never get you outside of the house well why should we our house is gorgeous no i know i love it here but sometimes we have to go places and my aries mars is like 
Come on, we have to go. You could always pick me up. And carry you? Carry me across the threshold. Okay. That's what I'm going to do next time. I'm going to be like, what are you doing? I'm going to be like, I'm literally carrying you out of this house right well, now. Well, my we Pisces Taurus would find that so romantic. And Your Pisces Taurus? Yeah, my Mars Pisces and my Taurus rising. Oh, okay, great. Be so romantic. Great. All right. <laughs> done and done. Every time we have to go somewhere, I'm just carrying Angel out the just front door. Just being swept off my feet, everyone. If you ever see us like out somewhere. Just no, I'll have to be swept off my feet to leave. Yeah, I literally carried him to the car like a baby. Like Ariana Grande was allegedly told wow. to be carried Maybe around. She has a Mars Pisces <laughs> <laughs> to check, to find out. Um, How are you? What's going on? Give me your life. I'm good, actually. You know, I think, um, yeah, you talked about us getting some healing over the weekend. And for me, it was very much about like healing my relationship with my body. That's just been a lot of what I've been working on lately, just in general, like my physical self in relationship with this earth and you know it's been hard to do that with so much challenging stuff going on in the world right it like wells us up into our emotional body so much or just like our spirit body feels like it's being pummeled that it's easy to just want to like disconnect from the physical being and so i've just been working really hard on like connecting more really loving my body more loving my physical existence more that's just been like so much of of it and like just really trying to like find more joy in my physical experience of self yeah and celebrating your physical experience yeah you got a beautiful ring the other day I like did a gorgeous red jasper ring at uh the lovely spellbound sky here in la so adorning the physical body mm -hmm. is a great way you know mm -hmm. so yeah just out here you know trying to be physically in these streets but anyhow, we do have an amazing spirit talk today with this wonderful gazer from our community, Marcus Fabro, and we can't wait for you all to hear it. Um, but of course, we want to give you all, before that, a little bit of a cosmic, cosmic update. update. <laughs> So she's small, she's teeny today because, you know, we don't have a ton going on. We're in Pisces season. I mean, I say that we don't have a ton going on. Meanwhile, the world is going crazy. Um, but, you know, astrologically speaking, I mean, everything is just kind of in process, right? And we are in Pisces. We're all trying to find our way through. Everything is incredibly sensitive, incredibly open right now. You have Jupiter and Neptune both in Pisces as well. So there is just this like massive growth of all of this psychic sensitive energy going on right now. And, you know, with Jupiter in Pisces still flowing through there, it does really seem to want to, you know, help us to gain some sort of like knowledge, right? and understanding on a deeper level of what's going on. And I do think that's why we're seeing so much information about like, you know, how certain governments in the world are really working and operating, or there's been so much news around like climate change lately, and really like just like the depths of like, what it all is. It's like, we really need the like, deeper understanding of what's going on in our world to really face things you know on like a spiritual level or from a spiritual place of like what have we done to the i guess i want to say how are we almost attacking the soul of things mm. you know yeah 
you know, we do have Mars and Venus still pretty much moving hand in hand. They were just conjunct in Aquarius, but they're still for the next at least like week or so, you know, week and a half, like going to be kind of holding hands a bit. Yeah, until Venus finally is able to like escape from Mars's <laughs> harsh grip and goes off on her own little adventure, preparing for her conjunction with Saturn. So Venus is in a bit of a tough spot until she gets into Pisces. And then it's like amazing dreamscape for her to get to hang out with Jupiter and Neptune. But so there can just be this like sort of like harder edge to your relationships and to your values and and just feeling like some of the Venusian energy is a little besieged because she is kind of like between Mars and Saturn, which isn't always necessarily a bad thing per se, but it can yeah. feel heavier. Yeah, but I think she can give Mars some things to do. You know, like if she, I think she can get Mars off her back if she's like, this is what I want, go get it. This is mm. what I care about. Make it happen. Yeah. You know, so I think there is ways. She's calling the shots. Yeah, she can call the shots if, the, if you can find ways to utilize it, you know, to put that Mars to work. Otherwise, yeah, then you're just kind of sitting there feeling the heaviness. Yeah, totally. Well, and I love the idea of to work because they're both answering to Saturn in their home sign of, of Aquarius. Right. So then Sunday, if you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, Sunday we have Sun conjunct Neptune. So this is also just an illumination of the spiritual journey that we're all on. Neptune is all about mysticism and dreams and sometimes delusion. And so we just want to be aware of those sorts of flights of fancy, but also some real amazing visions or transmissions that can come through. It's a transit that happens only once a year, and it's only for a day. And so it's an important one to kind of be aware of whenever the Sun is conjunct Neptune because it does illuminate and glow up that spiritual potential for all of us, but also uh, the potential for all of us to want to escape and hide in either, you know, TV, drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, or just under the covers. So if you're going to hide, choose wisely. Hide well. Choose safely. Yeah, exactly. And then the last thing I think we should talk about is just that until we meet again, we'll have that full moon in Virgo. And so the full moon in Virgo is happening on Thursday, and it's actually a full moon with a gorgeous grand trine Thursday in Thursday what? Just, what's the date? Uh, just... Thursday the 17th. Okay. Um, in the evening. I've got it at 11.17 p.m., so we'll see it big and bright in the sky. That's Pacific time. And it's a grand trine in Earth, working with Pluto in Capricorn and the North Node in Taurus. And full moons are great times for maximum exposure. And there's a lot of resources available to you here because we have this, you know, it's Virgo answering to Mercury in Pisces, answering to Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces. So I would just say, like, if there's something that you're wanting to announce or put out there into the world— Try to get it ready for that full moon, because by putting it out there, it's going to magnetize the resources that you don't know are available to take it to the next level. And we're also working with work. I mean, like we're right. in Pisces season, and so it's like, let's dream, let's meditate, let's drift, and you know, and then Virgo's like, but what about the details, yeah, you know? We so that's also where I'm like, okay, we'll use the full moon in Virgo as kind of like a little deadline to get your shit together and put it out there and launch it, because you can always stay in kind of the like endless creative process of Pisces and never actually get anywhere because right. it feels so good to kind of be in that soup. And the Virgo full moon is saying like, okay, but there actually has to be like a goal here. There has to be a period at the end of this creative sentence. Yeah. It's like a day of grounding it all. So yeah, lots to uh, chew on astrologically speaking. So, you know, utilize it as best you can. And now we are going to take you um, into a lovely conversation with um, just a total sweetheart. And we really think you're going to enjoy this. Spirit. Spirit. 
Talk. All right, babies, we are so excited to introduce y'all to a dear heart in the spiritual gaze community. We are here in the spirit room with Marcus Fabro. Marcus is a PR witch and philanthropist with a background in fashion who now exclusively works with LGBTQIA brands to weave spirit into the queer magic our society needs right now. And we are honored to be one of those queers with whom Marcus is working. Hey! hey So Marcus, <laughs> thank you for being here. Welcome! Oh my gosh, thank you. The honor is all mine. This is quite, um, quite a special experience to have with you. Oh, well... Ditto, babe. Um, so curious, always curious with people who are in our community. Uh, how did you come to find the spiritual gaze? Oh my gosh, this is I was actually <laughs> thinking about this. I think about this like occasionally, actually. So um, I stumbled upon the spiritual gaze like basically like one or two weeks into um, the COVID lockdowns. So right before, so I was a charity cheerleader with Cheer Los Angeles and um, Austin Young had hired us to do um, a little cheer thing for Fallen Fruit over at uh, the Mocha whatever uh, in West Hollywood. So I met Austin, did the Fallen Fruit thing and um saw he was a guest on one of the podcasts like he was promoting it on his instagram yeah and that was how i found myself listening to the spiritual gaze which interestingly was about a week after i even discovered what a witch really was Mm. like i had this weird like channel situation i was listening to this total other random podcast where someone was like talking about this fashion witch who i knew exactly who they were talking about and i was bored at home with covid like what am i gonna fashion witch like what is this yeah and then so that discovering what a witch was in that kind of grand scheme of things and then then falling into austin talking with you guys really set it off for all of COVID basically. <laughs> and I had many things to look uh look through from that point on. <laughs> you just discovered your inner fashion witch right then and there. Yeah, I was like, okay, I guess this is <laughs> this is where life is taking me right this moment. But it seemed like it coincided too with like a bit of like um just like a moment of discovery for yourself and other areas of your life, right? Just as far as like your business and your career and just starting to figure out some transitions for yourself. Yeah, I mean for me COVID was COVID like put me on my ass. And so that was a time where I think for the first time in my life where I was still for a moment and because I've been a fashion publicist for till that point like definitely over a decade at that point when it started and being a fashion publicist is a very relentless job it is not for everyone I was doing it in London New York and here and when you get that high up in into the food chain like you are kind of in it and your life is kind of all about that Um, and it's Fabulous. I have no complaints about that being my life um, up until that point. But it then 
kind of shook me awake over um, COVID. And, you know, I did have friends die. I had one friend die before the end of March of when that happened. And that just kind of set off what was happening. And, you know, I then BLM came and I was like, what is important to me? Clothes, I love. Don't get me wrong. I love things. <laughs> I love where the art, the craftsmanship. I love the ideas, like, you know, being in design studios. Like, I love that magic that happens in those in those containers it's really beautiful to take nothing and then create something but then that that was definitely the point where um you know spirit became a really big part of my day and kind of exploring that and kind of helped carve over the next like year and a half or so what was important to me which then led to me ultimately leaving the fashion industry as I knew it to then go um, off on my own. Amazing. Well, we definitely want to hear about, you know, everything that you're doing now, but just curious, you know, what was your relationship with spirit up to that point? Did you have one? Did you even have one like growing up at all? I grew up Catholic. My parents are um, immigrants from the Philippines. They are very Catholic. You know, I went to Christian preschool. I went to Catholic K through eight. They tried to get me to go to um, Catholic high school. And I said, absolutely not, because it was like, it was a trek. It was like, I'd have to get on a bus and like go like a fucking hour away just to go to school. I was like, no way. Um, So they were very Catholic. And me growing up, it's like, I... um, didn't really know any better. I went through the motions. I mean, I did, I did all of it. I was even confirmed as a Catholic. And even while this was happening, I was just like, I'm going through the motions of this. Right. I had no connection to what was being taught there. And I did not grow up in one of those Catholic schools where it's like homosexuality is bad. Like I actually grew up in like, that was not really a, a issue where with, at least in my experience with the Catholic church, um, but it just didn't resonate with me. Um, and I guess I was kind of just like growing up with that kind of a thing, but then not really having a framework for what this means or what is next. Cause I grew up in a small town. It's like, there's only X amount of ideas available, uh, okay. you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, mm, <laughs> I don't know about that. God but, or no God. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, it's, I'm, I'm like, there's something there for sure. I'm like, I don't think this just appeared, but like, I'm also not going to think that much about it, I guess. Right. So I feel like though, when we are like, you know, at least like open to God or something, but we're not entirely sure what it is. Maybe we start to like look for God in other ways. I don't know um, if that makes sense to you, but just the idea of like kind of feeling connected to something outside of ourselves. Does that resonate? That idea definitely resonates. And I think that over the years, I've finessed that kind of idea that, you know, whether it's connections to people or places or things that God is alive and well in all of those things. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Preach. Yes, we do. Yeah. So like that has finessed over the years of like, this is my experience. That was my experience then. And, you know, those were, those are things outside of myself. Friendships are outside of myself relate relationships are outside of myself to I've now switched my framework to be like, this is something from above coming through in a way that's connecting me here. It's a, it's like a language that I understand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
And I think a witch or a mystic or any holy person is someone that is just able to kind of call forth the goddess that's in everything. Like it's so easy to get caught up in the physical and the mundane. And a spiritual practice is something that like helps us, I think, be a little bit more quick at noticing whatever the conversation is, even a line at the fucking bank. It's like, okay, there's, there's goddess somewhere in this building, in this situation. How can I attune to it? Absolutely. I think that that is probably one of the more major shifts that's happened for me, probably like in the last, let's say, six months for sure. Pretty recent to where this is like really become like my understanding of things. And it also really helps to like, I kind of feel like I operate from, um, from an otherworldly perspective that's living in the terrestrial plane. Ooh, Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, but yeah. also say more about that. I feel like I've heard this so many times, like, you know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I understood that, but I think then to, to take that idea in a way that I understand it now, it's kind of like, okay, like, here's the Google Maps, here's the Google Earth, and I'm in the Google Earth, like, pulled out, and I can see, like, what is going on better and not be so stuck in the in the pinpoint view right. that that a terrestrial body does to so many people and to have that and to know that other people innately have that in them whether that's excavated or not helps a lot with me to be like that person's doing the best that they can with what they've got mm. For example, and I can see through that, but I can then operate from that kind of higher point of view in how I treat them. Maybe they said something to me that I don't like. And instead of being like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Don't ever <laughs> fucking talk to me like that again. I'm going to slash your tires to be like, okay, babe, when you, t I feel like this, when you say things like that, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can, yeah. I can put myself under arrest a lot better to yield better results and to actually try to come to some sort of solution rather than like fighting. Totally. I'm trying not to do that shit. <laughs> yes, yes. So got it. The old Marcus slash tires. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I am from Fresno. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, sh she's from Fresno. Okay. <laughs> Will not take it. <laughs> well, I love that. And I also feel like when you are distanced in a way, you know, and able to kind of see things from that perspective, it's also, it makes it clearer to see the other people who are also experiencing it from that perspective too. Totally. That is probably one of the things that I've noticed because I've kind of like really started standing in that place purposely. Like I kind of have to like climb there each morning to like, uh, like, you know, get up into that, that vibration. But once you're there, you're like all these other people I can fuck with. Cause they're yeah. doing, they're doing it the same. And all of you can see what's going on there. They're total, they're like vibration levels, you know, it's like this one, we all vibe this one. We see that they're there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> love you. Love you. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm curious, how do you climb there each morning? Like what oh. practices, what ways of finding that ladder do you utilize? Yeah. So my morning routine is 
very consistent. Um, so I lean a lot on other resources. I'm like, I am not an expert in certain things. So I lean towards people who I, who I trust what they have to say. They're in residence with what I have to say. So actually before this, there is this weekly astro weather thing that I listen to for the week. I get a temperature check, be like, okay, what should I be aware of this week? And then um, each day I do a course in miracles. I do the workbook. That's uh, Marianne Williamson is how I got introduced to that um, Mm -hmm. over a decade ago. Um, She used to lecture here in Los Angeles, but I do a course in miracles. I restarted that this year, actually on the first. And then I pull a tarot card. I'm like, what's the vibe check? Whether it's, I, I leave it very open. I'm not like, I'm not a person that's like, I need it for this. I'm like, what's the message that I need to listen to and leave it open? And that's just what it is. What'd you pull today? What did I pull? Page of Pentacles. Girl, me too. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Except, this... my, except mine was reversed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got- Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, there you are. You're winning your mirrors of each other. The reversal. Yeah, we are. And the, uh... <laughs> so, what do you all have to teach each other? Oh my gosh. Well, Marcus I've... is teaching me right now yeah. by telling me how to climb back up the ladder. Oh, good. I have to climb up the ladder every morning to, well, I don't have to, but I notice when I don't. Yeah. Because it really um, just sets my mood to be from a loving place. I also, I also, Every morning I pray to, um, I pray to my ancestors. I pray to the goddess. I primarily just work in terms of deities. I just work with Venus. I'm like, that is the one and only that I need to try to cultivate something with. And, you know, I light incense. If I had flowers, I put them there. And that's, I try to choose love. That's Mm. so, that's a Course in Miracles, like kind of basic teaching. Like there's two emotions, fear or love. Each morning, I try to choose that that's the direction of the day. I love that. That's like such a profoundly direct thing that we can all do. Um, And I think um, just the conscious act of that is so important and helpful. I don't even do that. I'm going to start doing that. Thank you for that. Yeah, the ritual of it, even just as simple as lighting incense and being like, I, I literally just say out loud, out loud. I'm like, I'm choosing love today. Hmm. Just that takes five seconds. Yeah. Honestly does wonders. Cause when I don't do it, like on vacation, I feel like (laughs) might choose slashing tires today. (laughs) (laughs) That was my parking spot. (laughs) So, I am curious though, because it does sound like, yeah, just in the last like, you know, six to 18 months or whatever, however many months we've been going on through everything, but you mentioned six months, but just like, it feels like recently you've really kind of like dialed it up based on all of these experiences you've had. Have you been able to really see like some transformation for yourself? Uh, Definitely some transformation. I started on this exploration like two years ago like basically two years ago now because that's when lockdowns happened and there was a chunk of it where um i was just seeing what was out there and what made sense to me so it was a lot of research before committing so to say (laughs) um but one of the things that actually kind of 
really snapped this into like crystal clear vision was in July of that year. So we shut down in March. BLM started like in May, let's say. By July, I, out of nowhere, was like seriously hospitalized. Like I was five minutes away from having a heart attack that would have killed me. What? Like literally like my, my friend brought me to the hospital and if they did not, they had to sedate me. I was actually in a coma for two days oh my because God. my heart rate was so fucking insane. Like under sedation, fully like down, my heart rate was almost 200. Oh my gosh. That's with full sedation. <laughs> Jesus. So kind of leading up to that, actually, like it was about four days of me honestly losing my shit. I don't know what happened. Like they said that I had kidney poisoning, but all the numbers and everything don't make sense. I honestly think that this came from, I interpret this experience as a spiritual one and not a cute one, to be honest. Like I have um, a really deep estrangement with my family for a long time. Like we did not have a great relationship growing up. Um, You know, I grew up in domestic violence that then turned to me and it was like a lot of crazy shit was happening, but um, essentially I'd heard um, that something was happening with one of them in a way that somehow ripped me open in so many ways. And in a way also like my, my family being from the Philippines pre being colonized is actually like very, it's an indigenous spiritual world. It's like the same as like when you're getting ayahuasca or the native Americans, like that is the essence of the Philippines. So I, me and my sister actually feel like there was some sort of like psychic attack situation is how we felt because I was seeing ghosts. I was seeing shit that was fucking with me and blah, 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 blah. So eventually like, you know, that was all happening. I go to the hospital when I'm in the coma, I'm like battling. It's literally like, felt like a battle for my soul kind of a situation. And when I woke up, which I wasn't even sure was reality. I was like, I still, I felt like the grim reaper was around the corner. Oh, wow. And yeah. I remember I said, I was like, I was by myself and I was just like in tears. Cause I was like, it's coming. Like it's like coming. I'm awake right now, but it's about to come. And I just said, if I must be taken away, I don't want to, I want to stay here. I have so much that I want to do that I want to contribute. And I think you all know that, but at the same time, if it is my time to go, I am happy and proud of the life that I've lived so far given the cards that I was dealt. I was like, my life was flawless. It was a dream. And I know that I did my best to cultivate relationships and be of service in the way that I could. And so passed back out, woke up, wasn't dead, (laughs) thankfully. (laughs) But that really was one of those moments where like, that was the shift to be like, okay, you said you were going to do it, Marcus, like go do it. And because I literally saw like ghosts and fucking spirits fucking with me and kind of got it backed up with a few readers that I trust, you know, they all said, they all had, similar things to say. And I just took the common ground and I'm like, okay, overall still like what I experienced, you know what I mean? And what was some of that common ground? I'm curious. The, the one part that was really, um, 
similar but different. And the part that was really, uh, that was hard for me to wrap my head around was that part that I was in the coma because I didn't realize I was in a coma. It was so vivid and real. But one person said, she basically like does something similar. It's essentially a deep soul cleansing in a way. Normally it's guided and, you know, she does like whatever. And I got thrown off the deep end. Mm -hmm. Basically like I didn't pay admission. I snuck into the place, got thrown in and then like, you know, went for a ride. That was one person's interpretation. The other who is this Filipino witch who I like, live for she lives in east hollywood and her interpretation was that this was a kind of battle for my life if i was gonna stay or if i was gonna go on and she had that uh point of view because she was actually one of the last people i saw before i actually went into the hospital because i called her up and this shit was totally channeled because i didn't know her before i just googled Filipino, which Los Angeles, she's the one and only one. I emailed her. I was like, I need your help. She was like, um, okay, you're freaking me out. There's COVID, blah, blah, blah. I go over there and I don't even remember. I was like on the verge of blacking out. Like there was something like not well with me. And she was, she had seen me. She was like, I think you were possessed, Marcus. She was like, you were freaking me the fuck out. Wow. And I was like, and I was like, honestly, I feel like I was. <laughs> I felt there was something invading me in a way that does not feel like, like it's like there's something wrong with you. Do you know what I mean? It feels external. And she saw that. And then that was, so then that was then her after comment on what, what I had gone through. Um, Cause she kind of witnessed it and did a whole like ceremony around it from a Filipino point of view of how we would do things. I honestly think that that is one of the things that gave me a fighting chance to stay mm -hmm. is because I'm not connected to um, to my lineage, really. That's like the one of the things that, um, you know, growing up as first-generation Filipino-American, it's like cut off. Like there was literally a, an assimilation program by the U.S. for Philippines so that they could come here. So... She basically opened up this space, did these things where she connected me back into my ancestors, and I felt it. I saw some of it in my eyes. Yeah. I'm like, I see them. I don't even know who these people are, but I'm like, I'm seeing this shit. Like, what the fuck is happening? I'd never really experienced any of these things, but I didn't leave it out of the realm of possibility because I grew up with my sister seeing spirits and my mom seeing spirits. So, like, it didn't fully throw me for a loop. I'm like, this feels like part of our family, part of being indigenous people, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, I don't know, you can maybe speak to this brand anymore, but like like an initiation of sorts, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. There's a lot of stories about like initiation illnesses and that healers or, you know, shamans or, you know, medicine people, there's an illness that is mysterious in nature and it is like a, a wake up and either you kind of step into your spiritual power to address the illness and then move forwards into a life of healing and, and living in a spiritual way, or you succumb to it. I mean, so it sounds like a pretty classic example there, Marcus. And the fact that you have shifted so profoundly from before and after that experience. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I 
was watching something and I've actually been trying to nail what it was I watched, but essentially that, what you just said, it's like happens all over the world. And when I read that, or when I was watching that, I was like, (laughs) that's what happened to me. And it was fucking awful. Just like everyone else's experience, it seemed like it was not pleasant in the least. (laughs) Fucking scary. You're no stranger to like intense experiences because I know that something we both have in common is that we're in recovery. And so that's like a whole other, almost like the, I don't want to diminish recovery in any, in any way, shape or form, but it almost feels like that was the training ground of spirituality and acceptance that allowed you to step into this next level of it because recovery is spiritual in essence, right? Totally. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that, uh, when I first entered recovery, I was 22 or 23. Wow. Oh my Uh, gosh. You were such a baby. I was young. Oh my gosh. I was a wild, I was the bad girls club. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like they must have have eaten you up in those rooms though. Like little 22 year old Marcus walking in there. They sure did, but I ate them back. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I got the power here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that kind of, because I was never atheist by any means. I just didn't really know what there was. I'm like, I think there's something, but I don't know what. And I I agree. I think that uh, going into a 12-step format uh, with recovery gave me um, a reintroduction to spirituality in a way that I could understand it. Because yeah. Jesus, that's great for you, but Jesus didn't really hone in for me. Yeah. And the language didn't really support how I could see the world. Um, and AA or whatever. I went to I went to CMA. I went to Crystal Meth Anonymous, but same principles. Right. And it really did set the framework for because it's so benign in what and what God is. Right. Really, really helps to kind of canvas that in people who are not resistant to it. There are people who are resistant and that's that's for them. But for me, yeah, it definitely helped. And it's a working relationship with spirit, right? Like recovery is all about how am I working with the divine to make my life better, to relieve me of my addiction or my character defects or my resentment. And you see it actually working. It's not this kind of like esoteric or intellectual approach to spirituality. It's like in the trenches, like I need you now. Yeah. When you work it, in that way, it actually becomes easier because like I noticed when I was kind of first getting into step work, like A, I was like fresh off crystal. Like that shit was like, <laughs> that in itself is already a problem. But then to then like, you know, kind of be in preschool of spirituality is like, you can only go so far because your brain can only hold so much. Mm. But, you know, as I kind of progressed and got more time under my belt, was able to like not see this as a terrestrial to-do list, but really to see how can I relieve myself of the chains of what is causing me to go do those things, you know? Like the, it's really about, because the program and being sober isn't always about the substance itself. It is about being happy, joyous, and free as a person. Totally. That's my understanding. No, mine too. Like the substance is the price of admission that gets you into this 
understanding of your life as having more potential. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, my experience of like being in Marijuana Anonymous is it's not about marijuana at the end of the day. Like marijuana was just what got me in there. And now I'm, I'm looking at what else I'm picking up all the time. Like I talk to people about like smoking your resentments like a joint, you know, or these other things that we're addicted to that aren't substances, but it takes the substance to get you to see that pattern of behavior. Yes, exactly. It doesn't matter if, and it changes. It definitely still changes in me. I mean, it definitely is not the crystal meth anymore, thank God. But the <laughs> same, the same ideas I can now notice in myself. What am I leaning into on something to help me feel better about something? Yeah. Or what am I not wanting to do some shadow work around? And instead I'm doing something else. Like, am I looking at my phone too much? Did I order? too much Postmates for no fucking reason this week. Like, (laughs) you know, like those kinds of things. Am um, I on Etsy looking at crystals, even though I have (laughs) hundreds of them for hypothetically, for example, (laughs) (laughs) or share dolls, hypothetically. (laughs) I have never purchased myself a share doll. They've only ever been gifted to me. (laughs) Just want to go on record. (laughs) And I received them with love and excitement, but you did deserve it. I have never sought them out. And I also think that, and correct me if I'm wrong here, working the steps just brings a discipline to spirituality that can sometimes get lost in the sort of like new age, love and light, airy fairy, it's all love. It's like, no, I have to wake up every morning, I have to choose love. Like there's yeah. a workbook here that Marian Williamson put together, and I have to do this work. There's um like a roll up your sleeves and let's get down to work sort of approach to spirituality that I think going through the program endows. For sure. And I think that I got really lucky with my sponsor who spoke to me in a way that I need, but also held me accountable to do things at the time that he said. Mm. Once a week, 30 minutes is manageable. That's what we did. And that's what I needed at the time. Yeah, And I've seen other people who have sponsors or they themselves are so undisciplined in it and it takes them so much longer or they're stagnant and whatever so i do think taking that plus any sort of spiritual practice like mine for example like mine's a daily practice i do a morning and an an evening thing like i have to work on it or it's not going to move or resolve or like even if it doesn't move but it takes some things off that i think is a win totally you know okay what do you do at night i'm curious <laughs> At night, I write a gratitude journal hmm. every night. I so I've done it over the years. It's one of the things I learned actually in rehab. But um, post hospital, I I hadn't done it in years. And post hospital, I was like, this is a must do. Uh, so that I do um, every night. Um, I do super reflective prayer. I I talk to my spirit team as it will be. Mm -hmm. I talk to them. To me, like, these are all relationships, you know? Yeah. Like, even though they're not here, but like, you're not here right now. Like, I can see you, but you're here (laughs) and I'm talking, do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I, technology, technology has given me a framework to be like, oh, I understand spirituality more because it's like, you're here when you're not here. So I talk to them just like this. Yeah. um, And cultivate whatever. And I talk to them all individually, but okay, like, you, I need to talk to you about this. You, I need to talk to you about this. Then collectively or whatever. 
And one of my least favorite things to do is to pray for people that I don't like. <laughs> Ooh, child. <laughs> and I, and each time I do it, I'm like, you guys know I don't like to do this, but... <laughs> And then I kind of like give myself a moment to then genuinely pray for people that I do not have an affinity for. And I noticed that with some of those things, they start to chip away and not to actually be in my mind. Mm. Like I, I relinquish that by like forgiving them and doing that work to let that dissipate, whatever my feelings are around it, because it's not serving me. Like they're not even here. Some of these relationships are like, over 10 years old, you know, like I haven't talked to them in this long and I'm still letting these things take up space, but they dissolve when I kind of do that and allow myself to forgive myself for being in those situations and them for doing their best, I guess. Yeah. Well, you take the power away from those emotions or the unnecessary yeah. shit. So it, it doesn't have a, yeah. an opportunity to, to grow or fester in any way. Yeah. I mean, now having been through that really intense experience, I feel like, did you have people, I'm just curious, did you have people in your circle where you could talk to them about this in this full expressive spiritual way? Do you, or how did you cultivate those relationships if you needed to? My friends, um, my main group of friends are like, okay, cool. Marcus does that now. <laughs> right. And that's great. They like, they, they look, they love it, but they aren't like involved in any means or um, wanting to partake. And that's fine. But I have found my own friends who, who are in, who I can talk a little bit more and they just like get it. I don't, I try not to go too deep with my friends that um, are just not interested. Like we have other things to talk about. And the last thing, right. like, I don't need, I don't need to, I don't need to be the lobbyist for crystals and tarot. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. getting paid for this. Let's talk about something else. Um, but I've thankfully found a lot of friends who live here. They're newer friends uh, that coincidentally, like now that I kind of live my life as an out, which metaphysical, whatever, I'm pretty upfront about that. Then I see that people just like come back who need to come back. Like we connect organically because I've kind of like, put that out there yeah and it's developing and i know that we're all now coming out of covid in a space where it's like we want more like there's so much newness too um and want for connection and you know we survived whatever the fuck has happened to each of us and let's like vibrate from a good point you know like let's try to be the best but know that there's also like dark shit that's fucking real and how do you navigate that you know, and how do you not let it burden you as much as it as it must, you know? Yeah. And so did that then um, lend itself to you starting your own company, Mr. Fabro, like having some of that just inherent in it? Yeah. Yeah. So um, so my company, Mr. Fabro, that I, I launched uh, during Pride Month of last year, officially, um, but I'd quit my job in January of that year, because I just had enough. I'm like, I cannot continue to have conversations about this person's off brand because they are not white or this person's too fat or this person's too this. Like that is very much like when you see the devil wears Prada or like the Hills with Kelly Catrone, like that is a 
very accurate <laughs> depiction of what right. goes down when you work there. So I was like, I can't have these conversations anymore. I don't feel right that this is what I'm doing with my life. So packed up my bag, said, thank you very much. And decided to take my skills of at that point, 13 years of being in very high profile fashion events. Like I worked in the luxury sector with designers at New York Fashion Week, at the Met Gala, all these huge things, celebrities, models, like the most powerful people in terms of fashion. Like I worked with them and to leave that behind and being like, how do I take those things that are honestly like gifts to learn how to do it in those containers? Like that was a dream of mine and I got it, but how do I take those and infiltrate it in a way to where I could live in soul alignment and magically Hmm. like that is like the basis of my company is like, I want to live in my true vibration 100% of the time and to do it magically through who I'm helping. Like it is with the LGBT community. That's who I work with. And how do I elevate them in whatever way that they need? You know, how am I going to raise these voices? How am I going to make the money? Like pink dollars at the end of the day are dollars that would have gone to us if I didn't help in some of these cases. That is like kind of my goal here is to is to work with what I know and what I'm good at because I can't, no one can do everything. Everyone wishes they could, but, you know, honing in on what I'm good at is, is how I landed on it because I did go through a few phases of like, what should I do? Should I quit my job? Like actually Russell Brown on one of your podcasts. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go to acupuncture school. (laughs) I actually went. I actually went and looked at them. Oh wow! All of this stuff. I was like, I, I like think I want to do something like that. Uh, but ultimately, I had a conversation with one of my friends, and he's like, Nah, bitch, don't go into debt again. And he's <laughs> like, You already are good at something. Shift, shift. You're excellent at what you do. You know everyone in in this. Like everyone has your back. Why don't you just shift what you're doing? to something you care about and then you get to pick who you're working with and have that be meaningful and bring your gifts to, to your people. Um, Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. And I think it's actually so much harder to refine than to just like throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Like it's so much more challenging to take what we're good at and just pivot a little bit as opposed to the idea of like, okay, well, let me just throw this all away and just go to acupuncture school or just like (laughs) buy five acres of land and just like start a commune. It's like, no, like work with what you've got and figure out how to just switch up the recipe, but basically using the same ingredients. Yeah. um, And it took me a few months to figure out that that was the best course of action. Um, Because one of my friends, he's the editor-in-chief of The Fight Magazine, which is which is SoCal's like free, largest, glossiest LGBT uh, monthly magazine. And he was the one that told me, he's like, Marcus, you need to be you. Because he, he also is a witch. So he said, it is your job to take these spiritual messages to the people that, that 
are your people because they're the ones that will listen to you. Mm. Like you need, like if you are 100% yourself, you know, I have been, I have a ton of facets and I wear a lot of hats. Like, yeah, I'm a fashion girl. I'm a party girl. I'm a leather queen. I like, I'm a very promiscuous person, but I also like date people. And it's like, I'm out and about all the time. And it's like, he's like hone in on that and harness your power with what you do and inject it back because those people will listen to you because they know you, they resonate and you don't have to worry about the rest because it's not your job to be the ultimate creator of the universe. Like that's not any of us, you know? Mm. Yeah. But that's essentially magic, right? What you just described. Yeah. Taking all of these different components and kind of swirling them around and then like executing them toward a very direct purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just, you know, taking things and, taking the elements yep. and bending them to your will to get those desired results completely. That is, yeah. that's basically I, like when I said I tried to live magically and also my business magically, that is totally the approach of like what's out there or how can you canvas it further? Be like, okay. I know this person and I think they might know blah, blah, blah to where that might benefit this or, you know, bring some things together. Um, and just like, throw it in the fucking cauldron, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's make something. What's the result? Yeah. But I think like the greatest component that a lot of people don't fully utilize is belief, right? Like you have to have the belief element. And I think a lot of the times we get lost putting our confidence and belief in whatever larger system, the fashion industry or the company we're working for, what have you. And then when we distance ourselves from that or leave that company, we, on some level, then detach ourselves from our own confidence or our own belief. So it can take some time, I think, for people to generate that for themselves because it is the most necessary ingredient. Yeah, completely. I think belief and faith has helped me the most in kind of navigating um, being a new business owner in a territory that is not does not have someone like me in this way, you know, it doesn't, it's all brand new to everyone to be like, Hey, I can do this for you. And that like a lot of people don't understand what that means. Um, but to take those things and, and be of service is probably one of the best decisions that I've made. That's great. Um, well, I'm aware of the time, so I know we have to kind of bring this in for a landing, but there's one thing that I do want to, just have a brief little conversation with you about, which is uh, the subject of Claire audience, because yes. I know that this is something that's coming online for you. And I feel like it's probably something that a lot of our listeners are curious about. So would you actually just explain to everybody what your experience has been recently and why you feel like Claire audience is one of those psychic senses coming through for you right now? Yeah. So Claire audience started to come through after my hospital experience uh, where I did see stuff as well, but, you know, kind of once that subsided has been just clear audience. I hear things and all different things. Sometimes it's a ping in one of my ears. Sometimes I hear music sometimes. And I live, I live alone in my apartment. I live in a duplex in a really quiet spot. Like I'll be in my bedroom, for example, and just over the, the bedroom wall, it will sound like sometimes like there are people in a party that's like one door down, mm -hmm. for example, like it's loud and it's happening. Sometimes I hear like actual things, but it's not clear enough. And I've been like, what? 
I'm like, there's something here. Like, I do also check if like there is like an earthly explanation. I don't just jump to like (laughs) someone's talking to me. Like, I definitely like my default is to be like, let's check it out and like make sure. And once confirmed, then it's been confirmed so many times that I'm like, there's something happening here, which I think my sister also thinks is completely ironic, is because I'm also a little bit hard of hearing. (laughs) And I have like, I need a hearing aid for my left ear. And the fact that I'm getting Clairaudian things is so <laughs> just like funny to me. Totally. But it also makes a lot of sense because you're not as easily distracted by the like terrestrial sounds and you can connect more to etheric sounds in a way. Yeah. That's kind of where I've come to um, understand, but I didn't have a a word for it until in the last few months um, that I was like, oh, that's what that is. Cause I hadn't heard of it. I know what clairvoyant is. Right. Um, but yeah, I know you mentioned it on the last episode actually um, yeah. that you get messages like that. So yeah, clairaudience is psychic hearing and it's traditionally connected to the throat chakra, interestingly enough, because it's all about expression and receiving the expression of others. And it's definitely like the number one gift that I work with. And I have some clairvoyant powers, but my clairaudience is like, that's what I'm using day in and day out when I'm giving readings, when I'm giving healings. I'm always asking and listening, asking and listening. And the way I really learned how to work with it was just to play with it. And so it sounds like you're also hearing into other realms as well. Like maybe it's the past, maybe it's the future, maybe it's another dimension, who knows. But the gateway is open. And so I would just start to ask for what you want information around and then listen. And so I would even like in my own head start to ask questions like, when's the right time to send this email? Should I pull over here right now and like just walk into this place or, um, and just start to see what you hear and just trusting what you hear usually like, you know, they say first thought, best thought. And it's like usually right there. It's pretty immediate. And then our monkey mind is like, no, you're making that up. Or (laughs) no, that's just you telling yourself what you wanted to hear. And, you know, and sometimes it is. And that's where you have to play with it and start to understand what does it feel like when I'm telling myself what I want to hear? And what does it feel like when I'm hearing a true transmission? And the only way you know is through trial and error and experimentation. Totally. Yeah. And so for anyone that's starting to kind of like ping, and that's such a great word for it, Marcus, ping that you said uh, about clairaudience, because sometimes that you just like, you hear like, uh, for example, when my clairaudience first started to come on, I was getting a lot of ringing in my ears and I didn't know why. I wasn't like going to concerts or like doing anything. You know, there was no terrestrial explanation for why there was all this ringing in my ears and particularly my left ear, um, which is sometimes connected more to intuition and and psychic gifts. So if you're experiencing that, that might be just an indication that some of your gifts are wanting to come online. But even if you're not, even if you're just curious, because everyone has access to everything, everyone's clairaudient, everyone's clairvoyant, everyone's clairsentient, everyone's claircognizant. It's just, are you working these muscles? And so just start to listen inwards. And what I'll just say, and I've said a hundred times is, it usually sounds like my voice. Now, that's not true for everyone. And of course, when I'm working with different powers and different spirits, the voice is a little different. But most of the time, the clairaudience is my voice. It just comes like 
further back in my skull or it's quieter or but it's it's not like all of a sudden somebody's like Brandon this is the answer like it's <laughs> it's just the voice that i hear in my head when i'm like spinning out about something stupid but then that voice just like slows down gets a little bit quieter a little bit more grounded and it's like yes this is what you need to hear and then the last thing i'll just say um is sometimes i will literally ask out loud particularly in readings how does this want to be said how does this want to be said? And then I literally take myself out of the equation. Like, I don't have to come up with it. I'm asking how it wants to be said, and then it comes right through me. That's a beautiful way to do it, yeah. Oh, and okay, no, this is the actual last thing I'm going to say now. Um, writing, too, because you were talking about your gratitude journal and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Writing yeah. is very connected to audience. So if you start to write things, and all of a sudden you're like, and that's why, you know, like I write the tarot scopes, and I just start to write something, and then all of a sudden I read back and I go, I wrote this. You know, like I always read my own sign, and I'm like, oh shit, that was some good advice. Because <laughs> it's audience, it's coming through. And so for people that are also wanting to explore their audience gifts, you might just start to do some psychic writing and just sit down, and it can be stream of consciousness, or you might have a question and just start writing, and eventually you will go somewhere that you never could have consciously taken yourself. That's awesome and interesting because I didn't realize that that is connected and I kind of do that and it just, that's just how I operate, but I didn't have that framework of that being connected, which um, will help going forward to be more <laughs> aware yeah. of like, oh, this is going on and to help, you know, kind of strengthen and connect all of that. Yeah. And I would also say to you, Marcus, if you're hearing songs, if you're hearing music, you should try to record some of it, like even like in your voice notes or whatever, because those might be healing songs for you. Those might be songs for other people. There might be some power in that, in that melody or whatever's being transmitted through you, you know, if you can capture it. Yeah, a great idea. I just want to ask one more thing for you, Marcus. Yeah, of course. You know, you've had all of these experiences around you know, some pretty dark stuff, right? Addiction, abuse. Yes. <laughs> um, death. <laughs> and you had mentioned doing shadow work for yourself. Do you feel at this point like you have a pretty healthy relationship with the shadow? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think I did the hard yards earlier to where now is more or less maintenance. Um, there are some bigger things that I have to deal with coming up, but I'd say for the most part, my shadow is integrated more than not. I think shadow work is really important to do because that, when, at least for me, like if I'm aware that I'm like that and I know that it's, I tried to change it or whatever, and it just isn't, I'm like, that's just how it is. How you can navigate your decisions better, or you can be more in acceptance with how you receive things. It's like, that is what it is because I know that for a fact now, you know? Yeah. When I never really, until this moment when we were talking, associated BR work on some level, being a shepherd for other people's shadow issues, like just knowing <laughs> for myself, like being seen, you know, or promoting yourself, you know, putting yourself out there can sometimes come with a lot of shame, you know, because people have like been forced to make themselves feel smaller or do these things, you know, based off whatever experiences they've had around abuse or what have you. And here you are kind of coming in and like shining a light and kind of helping shepherd people more into their light. And, and, but through that, they have to face some of these shadow aspects. Yeah, totally. I think that 
that is totally across the board with um, the people that I'm working with now, um, because I traditionally worked with big corporate companies or, you know, just more staffed companies, even the smaller ones. Um, and now I'm I'm working with, you know, one man shows sometimes or like a very small team and they have these ideas that they want to do. And then when I'm in a business mode, I'm like, okay, guys, you got to do this, 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 this. And I expect it by this time and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean it's like this or that? And then it does kind of pull the covers off sometimes. But at the same time, it's like, I'm working with you because I believe in you. You've got it. You just need, like, you'll see. And those things take time too to like have look at that shit and go, oh shit, like <laughs> whatever the circumstances are per person. Yeah. And then to like have, you know, someone who is helping guide you and be like, no, you're doing the right thing. This looks flawless, whatever it is. Um, is a really, it's been really fruitful on both ends, like the client side and on my side to see these things go from ideas to then start to like actually build. And they're like, they're like, oh, why was I so nervous before? Blah, 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 or like whatever. And it's like really beautiful to like then be like able to own those parts of yourself that you were like really scared of, you know? Well, people do need a person like you, I think, to help them through that. So a shadow shepherd. You're in your work. <laughs> Just the shadow shepherd. A shepherd yes. of the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcus. Thank you so much for sharing so honestly. And I just think there's so many gems in this conversation. And I know the gazers are just going to eat it up. How can they find you? Let the children know where you live in the in the interwebs? <laughs> um, well, I have a couple of places. Um, my first one, uh, my personal on Instagram is meaty, M-E-A-T-Y dot panda. Um, and my work one. Um, so if you or anyone you know is an LGBT business owner, whatever of any sort, um, you know, I work with clients directly. I also, I'm just collating things to work with other projects like does not mean you need to be signing anything, but, you know, I do want to canvas what's out there and connect everyone in whatever way you can find me there at Mr. M I S T E R dot Fabro F like fashion, a B like boy R O on Instagram. Yes. F like fashion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to start using that on calls. When I'm <laughs> Um, amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We really thank appreciate you for having me. An honor. And for working with us. Yes. Oh, I'm excited. Watch out, everyone. The spiritual gaze is launching off into outer space. <laughs> it's our Jupiter year, everybody. <laughs> Blowing up. I mean, just love. Love that like this podcast has been able to bring all these amazing people into our sphere. Totally. So grateful for it. I know. Um, yeah, because, yeah, just to have Marcus in our world, um, it's just so lovely. And to get to know him so much more deeply is such a gift. Yeah, so hope you all enjoyed that. All right, let's go into our tarot card for the episode. Okay, let's do it. So just take a moment and connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. So we are working with the Ten of Swords. 
And the Ten of Swords is not necessarily a fan favorite, but I have to say it's actually a personal favorite because it means that old bullshit is done. It's a figure who has been pierced to death with ten swords, and it's cheeky because it only takes one sword to kill a person. So if there are ten swords, you can imagine you're walking around with ten swords, it's because you are carrying around the thoughts, the ideas, the habits of other people. And that's kind of what happens, I think, at a certain point we are trying to live our lives for other people, for church or society or mom or dad or capitalism or just how we think we're supposed to be as opposed to allowing the one true sword, the one true story for our life to lead us forwards. And so there are these moments that exist Sometimes, you know, they come once a year, sometimes they come every 10 years, sometimes they come weekly, but it's a moment when it's easier to kind of shuffle off whatever you've been carrying around that isn't authentically your own. Remembering that swords are stories. Swords are how we speak to ourselves; they're the internal narrative. And so the Ten of Swords is that moment when you decide that you are not going to live your life in service of anybody else's narrative anymore. It's a pretty powerful card, and it would suggest that we are all ready to surrender to this mental death that's wanting to happen. So if there's a way of thinking about yourself, if there's a way of being in the world, even if it's something like changing your pronouns or changing what people call you, the Ten of Swords is the death to the old you and the birth to the new you. You are stepping out of an old wheel of suffering, and the gate has never been wider, and the coast has never been more clear. So just pay attention to where that wants to show up for you in your life. And remember that you have the power and you have the privilege to step out of servicing other people and what they want from you. And you have the utmost privilege of honoring your soul and how it wants to come through in this lifetime. All right, honey, that was great. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, Okay, everyone. Well, thank you all for showing up, listening. Just putting up with us. We appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> we're so excited for those of you that have signed up for the retreat. We're yes, at like 50, it's coming together. We're at like 50% capacity. So if you've been thinking about it, I'm just going to say like, you know, start to think about it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, come and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're getting excited putting it together. Um, the food's going to be really good. Oh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can find out everything about that at thespiritualgaze.com uh, under the retreat tab as well as just anything else we have going on. Uh, if you go to the webinar section, you know, we have an Astro Club coming up. We have a breath work this weekend. Um, and of course, on that main page, you can sign up for our newsletter, which is where you can find out about everything that we have going on. Before anybody else gets to find out about it. Okay. You can follow us on Instagram at The Spiritual Gaze, Twitter at Spiritual Gaze. And we are just so happy to be in your orbit and connecting with you. Yes. So until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.